Praise God. I want to thank everyone for taking care of the pulpit in our absence. Mom and I spent some time in prayer and fasting and just waiting before the Lord. And so this morning is an outcome of this. I was impressed in my spirit and it came up to my mind. And here's what he said. The best is yet to come. I did the same thing, but I had no idea what this is all about, but I do trust God, and when he tells me the best is yet to come, that's what he means. So I do not try to anticipate it or aggravate it or make it happen. I just want to obey God. So this morning, we're going to uh, introduce you to something that is drastically important, and we have been uh, kind of touching on the edges of it, but it's going to make Romans 8:28 makes sense. Remember what Romans 8:28 says? This is the old charismatic verse that everybody get all excited about. All things work together. I'll show you how that verse really means this morning if you pay real close attention. The revelation of the necessity for the redeemed, the saved, the body of Christ to not be filled but be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now listen to me real carefully. I, I, just, I don't want to wander off the reservation. I want to stay close to my notes, but I've got to make some comments as we go along here. This should be understood. They go hand in hand. They're never separated. Being filled with the Holy Ghost and tongues are not separable. You should already know that, but see, religion has separated the two. But there is no separation. The reason that you're filled with the Holy Ghost is so you can participate in tongues. The reason that you're saved is so you can be filled. You can't be filled if you're not saved. You're not only saved to go to heaven, you're saved to do something now here presently for God. And you can't do the present here with God if you're just saved. You have to step the next step, which is to be being filled. And the reason that you're be being filled is God needs you speaking in tongues. God needs it. You need it, but God needs it. Here's why. So there can be a continuous flow to really understand the purpose, the value of speaking in other tongues. It isn't an accessory. It isn't something that we do to validate something. It doesn't validate anything. It's supposed to be there. Tongues is an evidence. But that's not all of this. See, that's what everybody's gotten is it's just the evidence. No, 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 no. Speaking in tongues, it's a necessity. Somehow Satan has changed the real subject to a lesser one, such as being filled with the Holy Ghost is not necessary. However, this is another big satanic lie told to the people to keep them from the real truth. Without being filled with the Holy Ghost, we, the body of Christ, limit, hinder, and stop God's plan in the earth today. Remember, man was given dominion upon the earth. This is important that you understand this, because all this ties together, the dominion of man. God gave dominion to man, and then man gave it away, which makes Satan, of course, the god of this world. 
and you need to check that out. That's 2 Corinthians 4, 4. When God made Adam, he gave him all authority, all of it. He didn't hold back any for himself. He gave it all to, to Adam. He made Adam the God over the earth, total authority, so that God would not be able to operate in the world in his full divine Godhead powers. Do you understand this? God limited himself by what he did with Adam. Now, everybody today is wondering why God doesn't do this and why God doesn't do that. And then I hear those who are saying, God is doing this and God is doing that. And you can prove to yourself that all that isn't true if you understand what took place in the garden. It can't happen the way everybody thinks and wants it to happen. It's an impossibility because of that authority that was given to Adam. When God made Adam, he gave him all the authority so that God would not be able, listen to this now, so that God would not be able to operate in the world in his full divine Godhead powers. This is important. And to prove you this point, after Jesus was resurrected, he changed from a man filled with the Holy Ghost to back to his original state of the divine Godhead. From that point, what did he do? What did he do? He talked to people, and he showed himself, but he exercised no miraculous power on the earth. Amen. Why? You ever thought about this? Why? Forty days, Jesus was on the earth. After his resurrection, he did no ministry. Why? Because he couldn't. He couldn't because of the authority given to Adam. Because, remember, there's a lease on the planet. And for Jesus to minister after the resurrection in his full godness would have violated the lease. This is why after the fall of man, God was on the outside looking in. He wasn't in the earth. He was out of the earth because he had given the earth to man. So how could God get back into the earth? He had to get back into the earth. How? Covenants. If you understood the work of a covenant, you could get this whole picture. When God made a covenant with Abraham, what did that covenant say? It said everything that Abraham had was God's. That was what God had to have. What did Abraham have? Abraham had authority on the earth. That gave God back the power. It really wasn't so much that everything was that God had became Abraham's. That was true, but because that's how the covenant works. But the real deal was on the God side to get into the earth. Why did God have to get back into the earth? Because he had to have a way to bring Jesus into the earth. This all had to be done legally according to the lease. So that's important for you and I to know today. So that God would not be able to operate in the world in his full divine Godhead powers because of the earth lease which he gave to Adam. One of the restrictions to this lease was that a person or a being has to be born into the earth. Remember John 10, 1? John 10, 1 tells you, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, 
that climbeth up some other way is the same as a thief and a robber. What's the door? Human physical birth. Jesus was born with a human physical birth because of the lease. Now, this is all important to know so we can reach the climax and get to the place that we should comprehend and understand why. Presently, God is in the same condition that he was then. He has to operate in the earth through someone who was born on the earth. Jesus came and went. Jesus isn't here anymore. He was here. That's a fact. Jesus came, took on a physical body, didn't have an earthly father, which would have ruined the whole show. Jesus had to have a birth into a human body. Could not be contaminated with the blood of a man who is operating under the curse. That was Adam. Anybody after Adam? As any human being, spiritual death is what was being evaded. Jesus could not be born into the earth into spiritual death. And he wasn't. That's what the virgin birth is all about. And he was born, took on a physical body, lived on here on the earth about 33 and a half years. But the first 30 years, he didn't have any ministry. The reason there was no ministry is he was yet to be filled with the Spirit. He was a man on there. He was God's son. He was God's son when he was a baby in the cradle. He was just as much God's son as the day when he was baptized in the Holy Ghost coming up out of the River Jordan. It's not the fact that Jesus was God's son where the power came. The power came through him being filled with the Holy Ghost. That's the key this morning. I don't know where you are in this condition in your life. I'm trusting that everyone present in this church this morning is saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. If you're not, it's not hard to be filled with the Holy Ghost. It's a sequence. You must be saved first. Then you're a candidate to be filled. And God wants you filled. He wants you both ways. He wants you saved and filled. That's a complete package. So for God to function in the earth legally, he made covenants with man who were here legally. The man was here legally, and God made covenants with them so the covenants would cover his activities in the earth, and he could have legal rights in the earth. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8 says, He that committeth sin is of the devil. These are facts, okay? He that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning, and for this purpose the Son of God was man- manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. We find that also written in Acts. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Now, you want to know more about this lease? You can read this on your own. Go to Mark. Mark 12, the first eight verses, gives you the outline of the lease. I'm not going to read that. That's for you to do. Okay. This is why we need to know about the transfer of authority. This is very important for us today to know how Jesus came and restored this authority to the body of Christ in the resurrection, in the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. He, Jesus, was able himself to gain all authority on the earth. He makes that statement. All power is given to me on earth under the earth and in heaven. 
We're not so concerned about the heaven authority or the under the earth authority. We need to be recognizing on the earth authority. The power on the earth has been given to Jesus. For what reason? So that Jesus could legally give it to us. We have the legal right to function under all authority and power of God. Don't think we don't need it. Look at the world. See, everybody's folded their hands and given up on the world. No, 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 no. Uh Uh-uh. We're the only people that have the authority over it. That's the whole idea here. The body of Christ, saved, redeemed, and filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues. Now listen, anytime I say filled with the Holy Ghost, you need to know, I know, that tongues go with it. You can't separate it. Well, if being saved was enough, then take an exacto knife and start tearing out the Apostle Paul's ministry, because he says you need to be, fee- be being filled, and you can't be being filled just saved. That's not being filled. That's redemption from spiritual death. That's a necessity. That's a good thing. But now you need to be being filled. The revelation of the connection of man on the earth legally with God's connection legally to continue the destruction of Satan's work on the earth today legally. All is legal because of the earth lease. 1 Corinthians 14, 2. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not to men, but unto God. For no man understands him. Howbeit, when you're speaking to God in other tongues, you're speaking mysteries. Now, here's the crux of this message this morning. I want a commitment out of this church to start praying in other tongues over everything you do. Don't just babble off something. We have taught you over the years how to pray in the Spirit. Most people let their mind run them. They memorize some syllables and sounds that they're used to, and that's what they want to use continually when they're praying in other tongues. What most people consider praying in other tongues is not praying in other tongues. It's not a mental exercise. It's a spiritual exercise, not mental. And you have to become comfortable. You have to do this with knowledge and comfort and commitment. So here's the thing. Romans 8:28 doesn't work until you pray in tongues over everything you do. When you pray in tongues over everything you do, then Romans 8:28 becomes a reality. Then all things work together. All those things that you pray about in other tongues, see you don't know what you're praying about. So people say, "Well, it's not necessary." Let me ask you one major question here this morning. Would you rather I pray with you or God pray with you? Would you rather all your friends pray for you or would you rather God pray for you? This is the only way that God's going to pray for you. See, your friends are wonderful, but your friends do not know all they need to know. We just read when you pray in other tongues, you pray out mysteries that no man knows. Only God knows. See, what we've gotten down to in the Christian community is we've gotten down to begging God. Or we won't call it that. We change it. But Check out your prayer life. 
When your prayer life is equal to begging God, you're wasting your time. God wants to do something for you, but God can't do it till you give him permission to do it by speaking in other tongues. This is vastly important this morning. For 2020 to be what you want it to be, you're going to have to do what you have to do to make it that way. This is a whole new movement. This is for you. It, it's something new, something you have to train yourself to do. It's not going to be automatic. You're not going to have a desire to do it. You're going to have to make yourself do it. Why? Because you have knowledge. You know that this is the will of God. It has to do with the lease. It has to do with God's legal entrance into this planet. Now, I'm looking for the day when the lease is over. About the time the church is raptured, the lease is getting close to be over. Then God himself takes full control over the earth again. He doesn't have full control over the earth today, folks. If he did, 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 is a lie. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says Satan is the god of this world. There can't be two gods of this world. But here's what most Christians do not understand. If you go and look in Colossians and Ephesians and Galatians, you find where we really are. When Jesus left after 40 days, the disciples were there looking at him as he, as he went up into the clouds. Where did he go? Because the scripture says, as he is, so are we. So he went to be seated beside the Father because he had completed his work here on earth. He had done what he was supposed to do. He had, he had completed it finish the work. So that's where he is. That's how God sees us. God sees the Father sees us seated with Jesus. So then if we're seated with Jesus, do you think Jesus himself, when he had these encounters with Lucifer those three times at the wilderness experience, do you think that Jesus felt like he was intimidated? I don't think so. When Lucifer came to him, he had a legitimate Avenue. He came to Jesus legitimately because all that he was offering, he had. He said, you see all this? This is all mine. It was given to me. It was. And if you'll bow down and worship me, I'll give it to you. Jesus didn't even stutter. He didn't accept it because he already knew who he was. The problem here is the body of Christ doesn't know who they are yet. They're still in the recognition mode. We need to understand who we really are. What's our authority? What's our commitment here? What does God expect out of us? People are wandering around saying, why are we here? Why? I don't know why I'm here. I know why you're here. You're here to finish the work that Jesus started. Amen. You're here to, to improve upon it. Somebody said, you can improve upon it. Jesus said you could. He said, the works that I do, greater works than these, so you do. What are those greater works? The greater works are to put finish the work that Jesus started in destroying the works of Satan in the earth today. But I, di I digress. Let's get right in here and we'll finish this up. 1 Corinthians 2, 14 and 15. But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him. Neither can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, prays for all things. But he that is spiritual judges, prays for all things, and yet he himself isn't judged of no man. 
Romans 8:27, and he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of is italicized, so it's according to God. The intercession that Jesus does for you is according to God, and it is through you and I speaking in other tongues over everything we do. You're going to take a trip, identify what you're going to do, and say to yourself, I won't move until I speak in tongues over this endeavor. Because, see, you don't know what you're saying, but I'll tell you what the outcome is guaranteed in the 28th verse. All things work to your good. See, we're living by circumstance most of the time. We just get up and do things that we naturally do because we don't think that it's necessary to do this because we haven't been trained and taught properly in the Christian community from the biblical perspective. We've been taught from the religious perspective that it really isn't necessary. Once you got filled, you prayed in tongues, that was the evidence that you were filled, and that's as bad as far as you got. And if the pressure's on you, you can pray in tongues. That's not what this is all about. This is all about taking what you have and administering it rightly, praying in other tongues, believing that Romans 8, 28's come to pass in your life. Everything you put your hand to, pray in other tongues about it. Speak in tongues over it. Say that's what you're doing. This is a mental exercise. Say out of your mouth, I'm speaking in other tongues. I'm praying in other tongues over this endeavor right now and do it. When you send your children off in the mornings, anything you do, you ought to be praying in the Holy Ghost about all these things that you're involved in. And listen in your spirit for some results. You got it? Today, we want to bring a little spark into this place. Not a raging fire, just a little spark. So that each one of you can start to build a larger fire in your own lives and in your own homes. To become contagious to others. To cause them to want to have what you have. To live like you live to be like you are, to look like you, sound like you, and act like you. What you know, be convinced of, so that they can have what you have, to be able to rise up and take your rightful place in the body of Christ, upon the, the wonderful body of Christ upon this earth today. So God can use us to do the great and mighty things on the earth today to the glory of God. I believe this is entrance into some greater things that's going to come in our lives because of our obedience. And we recognize that praying in other tongues is a reality. It's not, it's not a, an add-on, an accessory, or evidence. It's a reality. It's a necessity. It's needed. It's going to bring you into an um, environment that you've never been in before. It's going to cause God, it's going to allow God to do for you things that he never could do before because of the least that's on the planet. Have you understood what I said this morning? It's an important thing to know. If you're filled, you're being being filled. It's continual filling. You're praying in tongues. You ought to kick it up about four more notches. Get it into the right perspective. 
everything you put your hand to. Pray in other tongues about it. Always pray in other tongues about everything. Now listen, this doesn't mean that you stand out on a street corner and do this like the Arabs do where they're called to prayer. That is not what I'm talking about. This is between you and God. This is your business. This isn't the world's business. This isn't your neighbor's business. This is your business. If you want to share with your neighbor this, that's fine. But I would, I would know who my neighbor is before I shared anything with them. Because, see, everybody's not like-minded. And there are those that are trying to, uh, they, they just would use anything they could against you. In this day, that's the same story everything works. But that doesn't mean you're intimidated by it. That doesn't mean you don't do it. You do it in the secret of your own home. You do it in the secret of your own car. You do it everywhere you go. See, you don't have to pray in tongues so loud that everybody understands and you disturb them. You can pray in other tongues and nobody, right beside people, and they never know you're there. That's what you have to develop. It isn't how loud you pray. It's the commitment that you make to pray. Not the loudness. There comes a time when, sure, loud praying is wonderful and great. But praying softly just as effective with the commitment that it should have. 